Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the May 6, 2019 edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine's podcast, Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Zorianis. I'm your host, the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and a third Don Black Belt. Michael Matsuda has been practicing the martial arts for 50 years. He is, in the truest sense of the word, a mixed martial artist, meaning that he has studied at separate times in his life several different schools and styles of the martial arts. In addition to that, he's a martial arts journalist. He's a lover of the martial arts as a art form, as a sport, and as an integral part of a country's culture. And it is that love that led him to found what we will be talking about today, which is the Martial Arts History Museum in California. Michael gives us a great look at his background, at what inspired him to start the museum, what the museum does, and what we can expect from the museum in the future. I encourage all of our listeners to check out the links on our website and to visit both online and physically Michael Matsuda's vision for the Martial Arts History Museum. Thank you. So, and... Hi, and welcome to Taekwondo Life Magazine's uh, weekly podcast. I am on the phone today with Michael Matsuda, the owner, founder, and president of the Martial Arts History Museum. Michael, hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Thank you for having me on here. Very good, my, my pleasure. So would you start out by telling us a little bit about um, who you are and um, how it is that you came to do what it is that you're doing. Ah, long story. I'll try to make it short. <laughs> no, that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. I started martial arts around 1968, around that time period. Uh, back when I started, the only arts that were there available was judo. That was it. <laughs> so I studied judo around uh, eight years old. Uh, I was one of the uh, two youngest guys in judo back then. If you know martial arts back then, they didn't allow kids uh, yes. in martial arts. But uh, I was part of the Japanese Community Center, and um, they allowed me on there, which was very nice of them. Um, they tossed me around like a rag doll because I was so small. <laughs> I barely hit the ground, and they picked me up and flipped me again. But anyway, you know, that, that opened the door because uh, during that time period, I was in elementary school. And this bully used to jump on people's backs all the time. And uh, one day he jumped on mine. And lo and behold, I grabbed him and flipped him. And that was it. <laughs> that ended the bullying forever. And I said, wow, this works. <laughs> so oh, uh, that was my end of bullying days. People got the reputation real quick. And then I started doing uh, jujitsu. And then uh, later karate became available. And then a guy came in the school named Al Dacascas. He had this black uniform 
and he had these circular movements. And I said, ooh, that guy looks really cool, all in black. And that was it. He was doing kung fu, and I was sold. And so I finally found a kung fu school. You know, I, I had dabbled in kung fu because uh, I think it was one of Ar Kwai Wong's students. I'm not sure. But back when I was a little kid, uh, still around eight years old, I used to go to my aunt's uh, place, and he knew kung fu, and he would be teaching me kung fu. So I knew it was kung fu, but I didn't know much about it. So that was my real start. Just right at the same time as judo, I was doing a little bit of kung fu. But later, uh, I went into kung fu, found a school, and uh, joined that, learned kung fu, Shaolin kung fu. And then a friend of mine came to the school, and he was doing monkey kung fu. And I said, oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, we started practicing together, and I've been doing monkey kung fu for 35 years. So this is my 50th anniversary in martial arts. So it's been a while. That's an impressive resume, and that is, you know, um, we hear the term mixed martial arts quite a bit, and and the, the mixed martial arts of today is a little bit different, where people come into a um, a training facility and they learn a few pieces of of different styles. But you know, true mixed martial arts is having a good foundation in in one style and moving on to another and being able to do that. And it sounds to me like you're, um, unlike almost anyone I've spoken to, that you're um, training background is 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 very rich in 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 different styles um and 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 probably gave you a great source of comparison between um the different styles and what works and what doesn't yeah you know you know i also dabbled into kickboxing when kickboxing was popular you know and uh did a little wing chung here and there you know but uh my main styles are monkey and shaolin those are my main styles and, and this is all this this training for you was all uh, largely for those that aren't familiar with you on the West Coast. You grew up in California. I know that's where you are now. Is that where you were where you were based, or did you move around? Or no, all based there, all based here in Southern California. Um, you know, uh, one of the things before I talk about uh, starting the museum, one of the great things about being over here and growing up here is uh, guys I grew up with. Ben Ukitas was just down the street from me. You know, Gene LaBelle was just right over sure. here. I got to see all these guys. You know, I met Fumio Demura back in the early 70s when he did the, the Japanese park. So I got to see all these guys in the early days before they were big guys, you know, which is kind of cool. You know, Chuck Norris sure. was still competing, you know. So to sure. see Ed Parker and these guys, even though I was really young, at least I, I knew who they were. You know, I saw all the Casa school. I saw Tracy's school, you know, <laughs> to see wow. all these guys growing up and then them get into movies, you know, and get their careers going and do all this stuff. It was, it was really a blessing to actually be part of it. Even though I was still relatively young, I still experienced it. And I thought that was really cool, you know. So you were living Taekwondo, I mean, martial arts history. You were living martial arts history and observing it and not just, uh, uh, you know, not just really somebody who was just simply like like most of us, like like me, who were simply just watching what I could on uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoon television. You were you were actually um, around some of the, the, the real uh, progressive folks who were who were really shaping the, um, the state and the future of, uh, of, of martial arts in the United States, it seems. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I knew Tak Kubota. I knew Doug Wong when the just team just started with James Liu and Eric Lee. Uh, all these guys, I was able to, to experience that firsthand, 
which was, you know, which makes the, the museum more special because uh, most of the people I got to see when they barely, you know, uh, Inside Kung Fu just formed, you know. They just started getting the magazine out, and, and these guys were all helping out, folding the magazine and stapling the magazine. And so, so you know, I'm so grateful to to be part of that, that whole to be an observer and and a little bit of a partaker in those early early days, and I'm just uh, so blessed by it, and um, that's what what makes the museum so special. Um, to go into the museum real quick, uh, I started the museum. I started writing for the magazines, Inside Kung Fu and Black Belt Magazine. I wrote okay. for them a total of 20 years. Uh, in between that time, um, I didn't like the way. Uh, they were addressing our historic pioneers because again it's a little personal to me i knew them well and the editors uh at that time couldn't care less you know it was another job to them it was just another story they didn't believe in the martial arts at all they didn't even do martial arts and i said this is our history being entrusted to these guys you know and i said okay i got to do something about it so uh i had a background already in design and um and journalism and uh, so I started my own magazine called Martial Art Magazine. And there I would focus on the history of the martial arts. And uh, it came out really well. Unfortunately, I got so many ads for, uh, sorry about that, where sure. the museum okay. I'm moving from the boat. So we got so many ads uh, on uh, tournaments, so I had to focus on tournaments, which took me away what I wanted to do. So uh, someone made an offer about four years later for the magazine, and uh, I said, sold. <laughs> I sold the magazine, and I said, okay, I'm going to find what I really want to do, the history. So I started writing books, and then I said, you know, a museum would be a great place to keep our history alive. So instead you know, of being like a, a white belt walking into a school and strapping on a black belt and saying they can teach, that would be the same thing if I started a museum, you know. So I needed to go to school. I needed to learn how to design a museum, make a museum, make it as a business. I went back, got a business degree, uh, management, went to the American Film Institute, learned how to do editing, processing, everything I needed to know to run a museum before I even started day one. And that's what I did. Nine to ten years, I went back to learn how to do it. Then I took the museum on the road. I borrowed everybody's stuff from Chinese lions to karate stuff to everything, you name it. I took it on the road as a traveling exhibit for about four years. And once I felt that people were going to be supportive of it, and I said, okay, let's go forward with the real thing. And then uh, that, that was this back in 1999. And then so that's what we did. We got a place. Uh, we opened up in the city of Santa Clarita around 2006. We relocated here to Burbank. And this is now our 20th year, and we are on the verge of opening in a much larger place, extremely large place, in the next uh, month or two. So that's the quick also, history. That's a wonderful history. And that's also in uh, in Burbank? Uh, no, it's going to be in Los Angeles. It'll be in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. And those And those are both... The Burbank and, and what will be Los Angeles are brick-and-mortar buildings. They're physical facilities. I see you do events there and the movie screenings and things of that nature. So they're, they're actual places where there are they're actual. Um, are there uh, standing exhibits or are there um, 
uh, rotating exhibits? How how does it work? And 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 what what arts are displayed there? Is 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 my beloved and our listeners' beloved Taekwondo? Is there a place for Taekwondo in the museum? And and if not, <laughs> then we should talk about how to how to incorporate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, yes, it's a brick and mortar place. We're not online. We're not uh, you know a little office space where somebody pins uh, uniforms on the wall. Uh, we are actually brick and mortar place. Uh, again, we took it on the road for about four years, and in 2006 we got a facility. We got stands, we got cases, we have everything, just like a regular museum. Uh, we moved here to Burbank, and uh, we have a little bit smaller place, but we lo- own the location, and uh, we have a nice display, very very nice display, some animatronics, some great stuff, and it's a nice look at history. Uh, we do events here uh, almost every other week from honoring people to seminars to workshops to working with disabled to working with the dementia patients and different people. We do a lot of humanitarian stuff here as well because we want to be part of the community. So we've been a brick-and-mortar place this whole time. Uh, we've been in this location where we're at for 10 years, and uh, we'll be going to the larger location. Now, in regard to what's in the museum, uh, because of the space limitations, I focus on Asian arts because that's what I know the best. Sure. Uh, China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, uh, Thailand, Hawaiian arts, uh, animation, uh, martial arts in America, and, um, and the media, uh, martial arts in film, TV, and print. And that's right now what the museum is based on. When we go to the new location, uh, it's going to be substantially larger and we'll be able to expand every area plus include now things like Krav Maga, Capoeira, some boxing, you know, a few different other stuff and then have an exhibit area that we can rotate every month. We'll focus on, let's say, uh, Bong Soo Han and bring his stuff there or we can focus on Bruce Lee and bring his stuff there for a month. You know what I mean? Give everybody an opportunity. If they can't be a permanent part of the museum, at least they will have an opportunity in the exhibit area to be part of the museum for at least a month. So um, in regard to Taekwondo, yes, we have a Korean section. Uh, We have a few uniforms at this point. Uh, We have Jun Chung's uniform. We have uh, Bang Soo Han's uniform. We have Byung, no, we have uh, Joe Bang Lee's uniform. But we are in need of more assistance in that area. Well, that's great, and that's something that's certainly offline. I would love to speak to you about, certainly because of what um, of what I do. Uh, I've been training in, in uh, almost exclusively Taekwondo for the last 30 years. Uh, I am tied in very heavily because of the magazine and because of the podcast. And you know, my background is there's a there's a synergy between uh, your background and and mine, although mine's more lined up with Taekwondo in that I I've done uh, you know, writing and, and work for um, many of the martial arts magazines and the the, the, the Grandmaster Wyatt Park, who founded this magazine, founded it because he wanted to, to have a, a high-quality magazine that was run by people that understand the arts and understand the, the stories and practice the arts and weren't simply people that were uh, publishing people and people that were, you know, ad agency people. Uh, right. So we're, I'm, I'm tied into the, whether it be the Cookie One or Taekwondo One or um, the, the, the folks from the ITF or the, or the ATA, um, 
uh, whether it be USAT in the United States. So I certainly um, would love to have a conversation with you as to what we could do to help support your Taekwondo, the parts of your Taekwondo exhibit and be able to um, provide you with um, some interesting information. We just did a, a piece on the passing of one of the United States' Taekwondo legends, which was Grandmaster Hyun Hee Park, uh, who was the heavyweight Korean national champion and who was responsible for the New York City 11th World Taekwondo Championships that launched the Olympic part of the approval for Taekwondo. So I would definitely uh, love to speak to you about what your your needs are and 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 help to to support the um, the museum in ways that in ways that I can. I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing, and um, I would love to hear from you about how you're able to sustain that type of um, an operation. I know that you know, especially being in a, in a uh, an urban area. Well, uh, where, how, how do you manage to sustain? Does it come from donations? Does it come from um, people that visit? Does it come from government grants? To the extent that you can talk about it, what does it take to, um, you know, you talked about your going back to business school and things of that nature. What does it, what does it take to keep this type of um, a historical uh, archive thriving? Uh, no problem. You know, um, one of the things about the museum is I did not want to make it a who's who. And, and it is not. It is a look at each country, uh, China, Japan, Korea, and so on. Look at the culture of the country, how each martial art played a role in each country, and how that art became part of American history and changed, and then changed the world. So it is a look at uh, Korean music. It is a look at Chinese drums. It is a look at taiko drums, all these different things that have a part in martial arts and this way people who do let's say taekwondo can learn about the country of korea can learn about the music of korea can learn about the different parts of korea what korea looks like you know and this way they get in touch with the country of which the art came from you'd be surprised how many taekwondo schools come here not even knowing the art came from korea so i think it's important that people learn about the country where it came from and the impact it had and the cultural impact it has today. And that's what the main thing of the museum has. And then, of course, you know, the people who, who made that impact and then changed the world. And the reason why I did that is I didn't, again, want it to be just a who's who. And in this way, we can have families, people who don't know anything about martial arts, which is like 80% of the people that come in here, don't know anything about martial arts, but they want to learn about the different countries of Asia and the impact and the different cultures. So we do have a lot of visitors all the time. I used to have a map, and I put a red dot over every country of someone that came here. And we filled that map many, many times over. So someone from every single country in the world has visited the museum, which is really cool. Um, the way we sustain it, the museum is a nonprofit organization. We're 501c3. Uh, we do a lot of work getting grants. We do a lot of uh, people, visitors coming in, and we do a lot of events. <laughs> uh, our events is our specialty. Um, not only do we honor people here, we do a thing called Honor Day where we honor somebody's life. Instead of them passing away and honor them after they're gone and there's no way they can hear it, we honor them here at the museum. And we, it's a nice celebration, and the whole school and everybody packs the place out. And we do a lot of those. And then we also do a conventions, one called Dragon Fest, 
where everybody's there supporting the museum. And uh, it's like the Comic-Con for the martial arts. Sure. And sure. that has continued to grow and grow and grow. So by having a, a large background in business, uh, we are able to um, everything be successful, everything bring in funds for the museum. And people come here all the time uh, making donations to support this great cause. Because I can tell you, my friend, uh, without this museum, there's not going to be another one. I can tell you that. It's such sure. much work. Tons of work. You know, I've sacrificed my home for this and my job for this, you know, because I believe in this so much. So it is so much work, but we are sustained by donations, support from the community, and all the different people that come on board and bringing stuff over and donating water and pins and everything that we need. The community has been behind the museum and supportive of the museum. So that's why we continue to grow and now to our bigger location. It is an amazing uh, passion project, it sounds like. And, and I will tell you that I, 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 I applaud your uh, approach. You know, uh, we are uh, involved every year in um, New York State with one of the largest Taekwondo tournaments. And one of the reasons why it is such a large event and growing is that it's not merely a tournament. It's a, um, it's a charitable event, so it mm-hmm. does the same thing. And it is the um, New York Open Championships and Korean Cultural Festival. And the the event features exactly that, uh, Korean food for people to who've never had the opportunity to try Korean food, uh, right. Korean music, uh, Korean dan- dance is displayed, um, the Korean uh, the traditional Korean garb, and for as you said, whether they be Taekwondo practitioners or not, many of them, while they may understand the kicking and the punching, they may be a little bit removed from the traditions of the art and where the art came from and why the right. art evolved. And, and we find that it grows and grows in interest because it is the, the other aspects that really make it very much like any good training. It's holistic. It's a holistic event. It gives people the opportunity to experience the entire spectrum of something as opposed to just simply um, isolation, which, you know, they could watch a fight on television and they could watch a great fight, whether it be any type of a fight, but it's, it, it, it places context in it. So, I, so I, I, I understand and I applaud what you're doing, and, and, and it's not a surprise to me that it continues to, to have interest and grow. So tell me about what's coming up for the next um, – this episode will, will um, be, be premiering uh, at the end of this month, at the beginning of May. So tell me from that time forward what type of uh, – or, or any type of significant events that people can look out for. And then if you can provide um, our listeners with the best way to find out about the museum online and to, get in, and to get in touch with you, that would be a very, very helpful way for us to sort of wind down the conversation. Oh, wonderful. Well, before I, I talk about that, I just want to, um, uh, working with you and working with you guys, it is my hope to uh, represent Korea and the arts properly. Um, we have had the Thai Council here, the Royal Thai Council here at the museum helping out, the Filipino Council here, the Chinese Council, and the Japanese Council. And unfortunately, we have had little success in getting any assistance from the Korean community, and we need it desperately. Well, you, uh, well that, will, that will dramatically change. So Wonderful, the, the wonderful. Korean cultural services, yes, we will, um, we, we will make those connections. Um, I will follow up with you in the next couple of days and, and send you some... Um, send you some emails if you can uh when, when we're done provide me with the best email uh you can 
text me actually the best email address for you and and we'll be in, we'll we'll be in touch and and we'll we'll help to help you to represent uh Korea and the the art of taekwondo in uh in its best fashion. Wonderful, wonderful. So uh our outlook for the museum uh we are in final negotiations to relocate the museum to a significantly larger uh, facility. We are in a small facility right now. We've been here for 10 years. And through a generous grant, I can't go into details until it's done, but uh, it is going to put us uh, about maybe 20 times the size we are now. Uh, we will now be in the same league as the Japanese American Museum and the Chinese American Museum. Uh, we will be in the same, shall we, we'll be one of the big boys, <laughs> shall we say that. Right. We'll be in the same league. We will have uh, larger sections for each country. We will have an exhibit area. We will have a convention center area so people can um, come and do uh, events there, seminars, workshops, uh, hold their conventions. We will also have a restaurant. We'll have a store. And then we'll have a village in the center of it representing different countries and have parades and, you know, uh, different things like that so the kids can come and enjoy. Think of it as a, a Main Street Disneyland in the middle. Wow. So it is a large facility, and uh, hopefully uh, all things will go through by the time you air this, and we will start the move-in process. We will have a large theater so we can do independent films, film festivals, you know, documentaries, uh, different things like that. It is my goal, and it's always been my goal, to make the museum the home of the martial arts where people can come from all over the world and learn about different cultures, different countries, different martial arts, and gather together and uh, see everybody. You know, how cool it would it be to see uh, Benny Yukita's there sitting at the restaurant, like down, you know, right next to you, or <laughs> one of these right. legends right there. So uh, it is our passion, and we are part of a big humanitarian project that we're going to do things to make lunches for the homeless and uh, do classes free for the kids who can't afford it and provide free uniforms and a bunch of different things like that. So it is a very large-scale humanitarian project, and that's in its works. And, again, hopefully by the time this airs, uh, we will already be start the move-in process. So let's uh, hope that all goes through. Uh, lastly, we have – go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll, no, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We certainly yeah. will, and we'll certainly <laughs> keep people apprised. And lastly, we have our convention, Dragon Fest, that's coming up uh, August uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th. 100% of all the proceeds go to help the museum. And I, I want to send my appreciation to so many events, uh, tournaments and conventions that will throw a little bit of money to the museum, you know, from their event. I'm very thankful to those people for doing that. You know, uh, the museum has been here 20 years, and, uh, w you know, um, we appreciate all these people's support for that. That's so great. the best way to get a hold of us is uh, through our website at uh, um, mamuseum.com. Our convention website is dragonfest.com. The museum is currently located at 2319 West Magnolia Boulevard in the city of Burbank, 91506. Our number is 818-478-1722. And the best email, and everybody can share the email, it's info, I-N-F-O, at mamuseum.com. That's terrific. And what we'll do is when we, uh, when we put up the episode on our website and on our uh, 
you know, on, on our, our pod site and on Apple, iTunes, uh, we'll put uh, all of the um, contact information um, for the museum so that people will have a better ability to access it directly from our from our link. Oh, so thank I you wanted, so much. I wanted to thank you um, so much for, for talking to us today. We're on the phone with uh, Michael Matsuda, who is the founder and president of the uh, Martial Arts History Museum in currently in Burbank, California. Uh, I, I, I look forward to speaking to you in, in the upcoming days. I look forward to working with you and the Korean community um, to help work on, on getting you the best access that you can towards um, uh, information and, and artifacts and, and pieces of Taekwondo history. So I want to thank you, thank you for your valuable time and wish you best of luck in, in your, the big things that are upcoming for you. And uh, I, I will speak to you shortly. Oh, thank you so much. And no, it's been my honor. It's been my honor. Thank you so much. Very good, Mr. I'll talk to you shortly. Thank you. Okay. Bye. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.